I'm Mike Vardy, and this is the Productivityist Podcast. I had an absolute blast with this week's guest, Philip McKiernan. We we've talked about quite a bit during uh, during this episode. We covered the gamut. It was it was a lot of fun. We we dove into things that I thought he would know about that he didn't. <laughs> we talked about things that I thought he would do, but he doesn't. And uh, I just really enjoyed it. It was a very refreshing conversation. And it's it's happened. Uh, you know, very rarely do I I post an episode that had an impact on me when I recorded it and then months later publish it. But this is uh, this is the case. And if you've been reading my writing and listening to my bonus episodes, if you're a Patreon supporter, you'll know that there's been that there was definitely an impact in what Philip and I, I chat about, what what Philip kind of brought to the table. So um, let's just get into it. Here's my conversation about giving and growing, and and so much more with Philip McKiernan here on the Productivityist Podcast. All right, everybody, it's time to give and grow. Philip McKernan, thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Mike. I appreciate it. So we had a chance to chat uh, as we started off uh, before we recorded, and uh, you know, I didn't realize that you'd spent some time. You're like a Canadian. You're like you're you're like a Canadian brother at this point, really. Yeah, I've about nine <laughs> years in Canada, and I'm now I've betrayed Canada, turned my back on it, and I've gone gone moved to the United States uh, just when Donald Trump gets uh, voted <laughs> in. But uh, no, I, I mean, my back will never be turned to Canada. Canada is a place that I entered into North America. It's a place I've been going since 1998, and a place that arguably uh, gave me the break and the belief that. Uh, that uh, I needed and um, the belief perhaps I didn't have in myself and and it opened its arms and gave me a shot at uh, recreating and becoming, I suppose, the version of myself that I've always wanted to be. And uh, I'll never forget Canada for that. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about the version of yourself that you wanted to be. And that's an interesting way to kick things off because a lot of my listeners and a lot of people that do work with you are trying to get to that point where they become the version that they want to be. How, how did you start? Like, how did you come to the conclusion that, hey, you know, what I'm doing right now is not what I want to be or and I want to I want to hit this certain level. I want to, you know, be this person. I'm aspire. I don't I no longer want to aspire. I want to actually hit that hit that level. How did you how did you do that? And then how in your work uh, do you help others get to that level as well? Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me, Mike, I did what everyone else was doing or, or for a lot of people do is so as, as rationalizing and justifying to myself that you know, that by building a business and, and creating financial freedom that uh, I would then have the choices to go and do what I really wanted to do, um, which is basically an admission from the get-go that actually what I was doing was out of alignment. But what I did was I put money on a pedestal and I said, you know, money will give me that freedom, which of course it doesn't. It gives you the freedom, depends on, of course, your definition of freedom. If freedom to go and buy a holiday, to, to fly business class versus economy to buy the car that you you want versus the car that you drive, absolutely it gives you more freedom for sure. But it doesn't equate to kind of internal freedom, uh, you know, peace of mind, um, a sense of fulfillment, a, a sense of meaning, a sense that the work that you're doing is an extension of who you are as opposed to doing work that just basically lies outside of who you are. And for me, I, I, I'd love to tell you that I, I I was very, very quick to this and I learned, you know, very fast and I was super smart. Um, you know, if it, if it's down to smarts, well, then I was the dumbest guy in the world because it took me probably 35, 36 years, you know, probably about 35 years to realize, that, really realize that, that what I was doing and what I was chasing was so out of alignment with who I was. 
Um, and one indicator, by the way, if anybody's listening, and they may not like this, and most people don't like this and, and appreciate this comment, but if you're somebody that stays really, really, really busy, if you're somebody that has a lot of chaos in their lives, and I'd like to qualify that in a moment, I promise you one thing, you're, you're running from some type of pain, some sort of misalignment, something that's not working. And the more busy you stay, the more you can rationalize and justify and stay in your head and not to feel the disconnection that you actually have every single day in your life. But the bigger thing is that most people have three or four or five businesses today because it's not cool to have one. And uh, they're very, very busy. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it, and, and they think it's normal. I, I think we we're, we're living such busy, chaotic, busy, full lives and it's become socially acceptable. In fact, it's, it's socially normal to be busy all the time. And to me, that's an indicator that you're not a willing to address some type of disconnection within your soul, within your relationship, within your relationships, extended relationships or with the work that you do in this earth. Okay, so I want to unpack that a bit. Let's talk about some of the signs that you're kind of in the wrong kind of busy. I mean, and, and I'm going to use that as kind of a, a, a you know more of a reductive term because it's kind of it's kind of a buzzy phrase. But where if people are looking at themselves, it's kind of into, you know you've have, asked them to step back and disconnect and say, okay, what what am I doing that maybe is not the necessarily the right kind of thing? What are some examples of this kind of let's call it busy work that people might be doing that that is keeping them from being aligned that you you experienced yourself or you see others that that you've worked with have, have experienced i think your physical body is a great indicator i think your physical body will tell you that you're out of alignment whether it's in a physical context or an emotional or mental context so for example if you're carrying excess weight and you've tried all the diets, you've tried all the fads, you've tried all the whatever, and you still haven't lost it. You're, you're just not addressing, you know, this, this, this deeper disconnection. You're just out of alignment and your body's not functioning correctly. Um, if you don't sleep very well, I mean, sleeping is, is people just say, oh yeah, I was never, I was, I was never a sleeper. Well, that's bullshit. Cause when you were a kid, you were sleeping for 12 hours straight or in between feedings or whatever you, you're born to sleep. That's, that's what we're meant to do. But if you're not sleeping, you can sit there and rationalize that you're just not a sleeper or you just got a busy mind or you're one of those people that can get, get by, by, you know, six or seven hours, if you look more aged than you are, um, I mean, some of the people that I meet that are disconnected, and I was one of them myself, they look disheveled. They look 10 years or sometimes five, maybe 10, maybe even some cases 15 years older than they really are. Um, you, you know, when, 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 when you look at your relationships, are you really, really, really that connected? Or do you tell yourself the story that I told myself for years? It goes, yeah, 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 I have an amazing relationship. I've got great friends. But do you really like, do you really have wonderful friendships where you can connect on such a deep level and share both philosophies and vulnerabilities, or is that absent in your life? And and the final, and this is a question, these are just a few things that come to my mind. Can you honestly look in the mirror and say that you love what you do every day professionally, that you're aligned to the work that you do and that, that, that that's what you want to do for the rest of your life? Now, in fact, if the answer is no, don't take it as a judgment. Just be aware that if you do something that's not in alignment with who you are, there's going to be a cost. You cannot go to work and spend eight hours a day doing something you don't want to do and not expect to have a cost. You can't lie next to somebody for 25 years that you don't love and not expect to have a cost. It, that's just the way it works. But to be aware of that is very, very, very healthy for both yourself and everybody else around you. Let's talk about uh, how you've conveyed this message beyond just being on podcasts like this. And you've been on um, uh, Srini, my, uh, who's been on the show before, Srinivas Rao's podcast as well, right? The Yes. 
I'm not even going to try to hit his level because Srini is just amazing with what he does. Meal planning is important because it prevents us from being a disappointed wreck when dinner time comes around and we have no clue what to make or even if we have the ingredients to make the meal. It's a time and a money saver, but most importantly, it frees up valuable brain space. Creating a meal plan prepares us for the week to come and gives us peace of mind that we're organized and can feed ourselves and our family. That's why I do it, and that's why Plan to Eat helps me do it. Your subscription includes access to the Plan to Eat website and fully featured mobile apps on iOS and Android. And Plan to Eat gives you the tools to clip and organize recipes from any website, the ones your family loves and that fit your dietary preferences and needs. And you can create a meal plan around your schedule. Then what happens is the Plan to Eat software automatically creates an organized shopping list based on your plan. So sign up for your free trial at plantoeat.com slash timecrafting. That's plantoeat.com forward slash timecrafting. The coupon will be automatically applied to your account and can be used when you're ready to subscribe. It's valid for new customers only. Give Plan to Eat a try today. Um, actually, and let's let's dive into comparison because we see a lot of people, uh, especially when you're talking about online, you know, entrepreneurs and stuff. Uh, I was watching a video by Gary Vaynerchuk the other day called the uh, five minutes, like it's, it's about five minutes begging people to do something. And he talked about a lot of people that they compare themselves and they spend a lot of time just researching and reading and, and, and ingesting all of this stuff uh, that, that they see online. Do you find that that's another sign of people that are just not ready to move forward with what they what they really are meant to do? Or do you think there's a balance there? Because, I, I mean, I see a lot of messaging out there with a lot of information coming at people saying, hey, you know, try this, do this, try this, do this. And people spend a lot of time just kind of, you know, gathering all that information but not doing anything with it. Yeah, I mean, and it's great because it gives more opportunity to people that are willing to do something about it because there's so many possibilities. So many people are chasing opportunities and they're forgetting about and they're missing the possibilities of life. I think what's possible today uh, in the world, both you know, socially and economically, emotionally, mentally, is just unbelievable. What the that people can do today is unbelievable. It's just staggering. And you've got people who don't believe that they deserve to do it. And you've got people consuming themselves with all sorts of information, every trip, er every trick in the book. You know, looking at famous people and saying, what do they eat for breakfast? And if I eat the same thing for breakfast, obviously, then I'm going to have set myself up for a better opportunity and a better chance. It's, it's, it's complete horseshit. I mean, it's like it's, it's, it goes to show to me how disconnected the world is today that we we pour so much of ourselves and we give so much of ourselves over to to, you know, uh, information and, and the next book that's written. So let's just say somebody writes a book today saying how to make a million dollars doing one day's work uh, a month. And it'll be, you know, most likely a bestseller if it's marketed pretty well, et cetera. And they they literally take the philosophy, the teachings in this for for like for verbatim. They literally try to adopt all of these philosophies and they rarely ever stop to say, okay, is this an alignment? Do I like, does this feel right? Does this feel intuitively aligned to who I am? Or am I trying to do something that is bringing me towards something? So for example, you need to be on Twitter and say somebody doesn't like social media. They feel that they have to. So suddenly you, you start to do things that you feel you have to do as opposed to want to do. And then they find themselves in six or seven years hitting this wall and things haven't quite worked out the way they thought. Or maybe financially they did, but emotionally they didn't. And they find themselves out of alignment. The problem didn't start today. The problem started five or six or seven or 10 years ago when they'd stopped trusting their own internal wisdom and start absorbing the wisdom from everybody else around them. And they didn't list, filter it through their own soul. Like in terms of, okay, great, Philip recommends this, but is, does this feel right? 
or is this just another coach telling me what I should do with my life? And 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 there's so many people out there telling you what you'll do from you you're from the minute you come out of the womb, you're being told what to do and when to do it. And I think we're conditioned to trust everyone else around us but ourselves. And my work is all about extracting the wisdom internally, not telling you what you should do with your life, because there's millions of people doing that. How valuable is getting not only getting this alignment uh, through whatever, but getting getting together with people. You do a lot of retreats, and, and uh, as we're recording this, you just come back from one. And uh, I, I love going to events. Uh, I love being around the energy that surrounds it. What's the value in 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 going to a retreat so you can help you know better connect with yourself? Because I mean, you put these on you know quite regularly. I'd love to hear your your thoughts on that because I think a lot of people. They, they, they say, well, I can, you know, I can, I can do this online summit or again, I can read all this stuff or, or watch a video. Uh, where, where, where do you see the value in the actual gathering of people together to do some form of retreat to help them move forward with this kind of stuff? In some cases, Mike, and this might sound unprofessional, they're better off staying at home than going to an experience where basically the conversation is just more surface bullshit. I went to a conference recently, and I won't mention the name for obvious reasons, but it's just the same conversation. I, I could have stepped into a time warp and gone back 15 or 20 years, and it's the same stuff, get rich quick, and when you have enough money, then you'll have the freedom to go and do what you want. And it doesn't really mean it's an alignment, just, just basically make enough money, and then everything will be great. I thought we were beyond that. I actually thought we had moved beyond that conversation. We need to move, I believe, in the world today. We need to move from the information age, which has never served us, never will serve us, and is never going to serve us in the future. Uh, because information is just in an intellectual understanding of something. And it doesn't necessarily mean that that equates to an emotional awareness or understanding or an emotional shift. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to create this robotic state that people in this world are basically honoring their mind and they're not they're not serving their soul or heart, their gut, their intuition, whatever you want to call it. We're we're living, feeling beings, beings, and that's what we were designed to do. But in in society, we're being encouraged to use the mind and just the mind, and that give it the give put on a pedestal next to money and next to celebrity. So celebrities, money, and the mind are on this incredible pedestal. None of them deserve to be there. And unfortunately, in society, that when we do that, we're constantly emulating something that doesn't even serve us, and we're constantly comparing ourselves. So some people be better off staying at home and reading a book are doing nothing than going to some of the conferences that are out there or a lot of the conferences out there. I've never said that before. And I know some people are going to judge me for that. Quite frankly, at this moment in my life, I don't give a shit because, uh, and it's not to say that mine are any different. That's for people to judge. I'm just so sick and tired of seeing people being exposed and exploited in a vulnerable space and being sold programs that they don't need, but they think they want. And because we're so scarce and insecure in some cases, if we don't go to the next greatest conference that's going to give us the solution, then we're going to miss out. And it's just bullshit. So that's number one. Never, ever said that. You look at any podcast I've ever said. I think I'm just, I've just come off a trip to Peru where we just worked with all these orphans and street kids. And we talk about like, what people want and what people need. And, you know, I'm just done pretending and trying to be politically correct around this conversation. What people need to do is they need to look at leaders and philosophers and, and teachers in this world that and never put them on a pedestal. Why do people just constantly put people on a pedestal? And that person that's on the pedestal allows that to happen and uses that to put their hands in their pockets or put their hands into their hearts or into their minds and often exploit them. So if you find somebody that you're aligned to, feel it. And if they run an event, go to the event. If you're feeling in alignment with who they are, follow the messenger, let go of the message. If you hang out with the right people that aren't not intellectually going to serve you, but emotionally, in addition to perhaps intellectually, you will find yourself falling into situations, retreats, seminars, workshops, events that actually serve you. 
as opposed to the ones that you think you need to be on. If you get the right environment, they can be amazing. For me personally, my ego hates what I'm about to say, but I actually believe this. Some of the retreats that I run, it's not me. It's not, I don't have all the answers. I don't have all the messages, but the space that's created Sometimes the insights and the vulnerability and the openness that other people are prepared to courageously share will allow you to do two things. Number one, feel you're not alone. And number two, is see something in them that you couldn't or wouldn't or didn't want to see in yourself. You know, it's funny. Uh, as you're talking about this, I thought about the one conference I go to every year. There's one event and, and a lot of people know which one that is. And I, I, I've gone every year. And, and the funny thing is, is that I don't necessarily learn a lot from that event anymore but it's the energy surrounding the event that really, really recharges me. Um, yeah. and, and I find that, that to be almost, you know, that's, that's the reason I go. Um, and so it, I, I kind of, <laughs> I hear where you're going with this because a lot of people are like, Oh, go to this event, go to that event. And it's just, you know, it's, it's not the, the money, it's the time and the energy that you expend where it could be going to so many, so many more valuable areas, uh, such as, and I want to get into this right away, uh, the film that you've, you've put together. It's called Give and Grow, and it's the, the, the subtitle is A Journey to Uncover Your Gift. Can you unpack that a little bit, the, the idea of uncovering your gift? Well, I believe that um, we all have talents and we, we all have a gift, and talents and gift are not the same thing. And I think what many of us are doing in this world is walking through this earth, executing our, our talents and not honoring our gift. So the example, I can give you tons of example, you know, a software engineer or somebody who writes code um, could be very talented in that. An accountant could be very talented in, in numbers. Um, you know, uh, a builder could be very talented at building houses, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're honoring their gift. And their gift and their talent are very, very different things. To me, if I had to try and sum up the gift in the best way possible, our gift is our emotional inherent ability to move the needle for somebody else in a more meaningful, deeper, emotional way, not just intellectually, you know, add money to their bank balance or help them, you know, you know, build a house or whatever it happens to be. We all have that. And, and it's contained within our story. And if I had to sum up humanity, I would say that there's two things that every, every human being wants to do when you strip it back down to its nakedness, down to its core, down to the DNA beyond the bone marrow. This is how I would describe it. And this is what I've discovered over many, many years of working with people, um, not just emotionally, mentally, physically, but also scientifically, is that we want to do two things. We want to impact the world in a positive way. We want to leave an impactful, positive legacy. But yet we, we've, we've confused what that is. So we want to make an impact, number one. Number two is we want to fast track or eliminate the pain that we experienced through our journey for other people. And I believe the gift is the answer for that. And the gift is contained within our story, within the pain, within the challenges that we've had. And my journey and my mission for the rest of my life is going to be helping people get in touch with that, uncover that, and unleash that in the world. So why did you decide to put this together in a, in a film? Because, I mean, you could write a book, you could do all that stuff. What was the – what did you feel that the film would do that maybe uh, – and I'm not saying you're not going to do it for the other areas of, of your work because clearly you are. But what, what's, the, what's the film going to do to help promote this and, and, and push this forward? That was never the thought process, ironically. And that's I know that's going to go against what everyone else or many, many people expect me to say. I wanted to do a film because I'm dyslexic and I can't, I can't really read and I can't really write. So I wanted to use a medium that felt comfortable to me. And I think, you know, people, you know, clients me, somebody who's listening to this that doesn't understand or doesn't know me will, will most likely or possibly judge this. But my clients who know me really get this, is that I did a retreat in India last year and somebody said, why, why India? And I said, because I wanted to go. And they go, 
oh, I thought you did it because it would be a great marketing. People all want to go to India. And I said, no. I said, I go to places I want to go. Don't get me wrong. I, I make sure I build an experience that serves everybody else. But if I go to a place just because it makes financial, economic, or a commercial sense, I'll be sitting there in India and I won't be alive. I won't be vibrant. I won't be vibrating like the rest of the clients and in a better space. So to me, the film was a personal challenge, was a personal opportunity and a personal possibility. And I let go of the need for it to be something that it wasn't. And, and then as, as, as we created the film, then it became, okay, how do we, how do we do this in order to move the needle for people emotionally? So first and foremost, it was a project I wanted to do. And then secondly, was how do we do it to make it as engaging and as open as possible to people around the world who basically want to understand the difference between a talent and a gift intellectually, emotionally, and perhaps go and impact the world and leave a legacy that has such meaning and depth beyond um, what a lot of people can comprehend today. So definitely going to put this in the show notes so that people can can check out the film. But I want to talk about something you just touched on there because we talked about it before we started recording, and that's the idea of letting go. Um, yeah. What that that's a theme that comes up regularly on this podcast, especially uh, as we as people approach the new year or they approach you know whatever time they start their year, it doesn't really matter. But what obviously to get get aligned, that's one of the things that you've touched on is the idea that you have to be willing to let go of stuff. What are what are what are some of the tactics and strategies that you explore and, and, and pass on to people to help them with this this process of letting go? Because it's never an easy thing to do. Um, it's, 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 it, it, I think it can be easy. I think people believe it's not. And I think the tactical and strategic element of it, which is what you, what you're asking. And I appreciate what you're asking. I think that's the challenge here is that people look at, at a lot of what, of letting go in the intellect, intellectual space. So when it comes to, do I need my third car? That's an intellectual strategic one. Well, no, I don't really need the garage. Therefore I don't need the bigger house. Therefore I don't have the monthly payments. Therefore I don't. And it's a very strategic, you know, thought process, um, which is driven partly by economics and partly by, you know, maybe common sense or whatever it is, right? Um, what to me, and, and this is the space I work in, is is more the emotional and, and deeper mental, but not even mental, emotional space. And that is letting go of, you know, like deeper stuff, like things like, like anger and things like, um, you know, expectations and things like, um, you know, you know, re, you know, being resentful and judgmental and beliefs that we hold on to, not the surface beliefs, like limiting beliefs, like money doesn't grow in trees. I'm talking about deeper, debilitating beliefs, as I call them, that we're not even aware that we carry deep down in our souls, but we wonder why we sabotage ourselves every three, four or five years. We wonder why we cannot find the right relationship. We wonder why we stop the ones that are good. We wonder why economically and financially we make it hard. Our businesses are not as, as congruent. Business and life can be exceptionally easy. And I don't mean easy as in lying back on a beach doing nothing and making money. I'm talking about when you get aligned, there's a fluency that, by the way, is not mutually exclusive to athletes um, and sports people in the world. It's a human possibility for us. And when you align, things feel good. You go to bed at night with a little Cheshire grin on one, one side of your face to the other, and you sleep like a baby, like you're meant to sleep. You don't feel out of alignment. That's available to all of us. But even that is a belief. A lot of people don't believe that. But people believe, a lot of people believe that business and life needs to be hard. You need to work hard hard. And hard is a hard word. Think about that hard. It's not congruent. It's not soft. It's not compassionate. It's not caring. It's not loving. It is the opposite end of the spectrum. It's judgmental. It's not nice. And that is part of the problem. So I had a guy that just came off the retreat with me in Peru and he says, I've done all this work. 
at such an intellectual level. And I've never really let it, nothing's really deeply changed. So he'd go to an event, go to a seminar, walk in with a question, come back out with a question answered intellectually, but nothing shifted emotionally to make it actually ever change, really. Interesting. Very, and, and you know, I mean, uh, it's funny, as you're talking about that story, my, my mind drifted a bit to uh, a friend of our, friend of my family, my wife and I, they, uh, they lived overseas for a while. They lived in, in Europe and they lived in a small flat there and they moved back to uh, Victoria, BC and uh, they have this massive house. And literally, uh, and this, this happened a couple months ago, uh, within, um, a few months of being back here, they were, I mean, they were doing some work around the house, but they just out of nowhere just decided we need to move to a smaller flat and get closer back to that downtown lifestyle. And they did it. And the funny thing is, is that the challenges surrounding that means downsizing, getting rid of a whole bunch of stuff, doing all that. I mean, obviously the housing market here is doing pretty well. So that wasn't really, it wasn't so much a costing, but it was surrounding that emotional of, Hey, I really love the lifestyle that we had overseas. How can we recapture that here as opposed to, okay, we need to downsize because of finances or, or whatever. And, and there's a lot of, and again, it's not hard work for them to like offload all this. They can just donate the stuff that they want if they wanted to, but it's just to make that decision, um, is liberating and, and and to let go of, of the, you know, the stuff that we're kind of, I guess, societally, maybe are asked to hold on to uh, is, is the challenge, right? I mean, uh, what do you think of it? Like, uh, before we wrap up, let's, let's dive into like the idea of minimalism, you know, because I think that 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 plays a bit of a role into the idea of letting go and, and, and really getting to alignment. What are your thoughts on the idea of minimalism? What is minimalism? If, if anything, what does it mean to you? Yeah, I don't. I don't have a huge amount of thought on that. I'm just. I'm still with the, the, the your your friends moving to this big house. Sure, and, let's and let's let's. Me, no, but it's it's, it's connected, deeply yeah. connected. It's the same thing. It's just like so. So to me, it's like okay, you you realize that this doesn't serve you, and now you're downsizing. You're moving close to the city, and it's more of a condo, a small townhouse, whatever. So to to me, it's like what's going on behind yeah. that? Why did why did it's 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 going deeper? And what you'll find inevitably, and 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 even if the people are watching or listening to this right now, they're probably saying no, 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 it's not surface surface. No, there's no. It's just a mistake we made. We just bought too big a house. It's it's never just a mistake. It's never just a mistake. You pair it back and what you'll find is, is and again, depersonalizing from, from the people you're talking about is that the reason they took the bigger house is that they were, they're, they're trying, use the word trying, they're trying to emulate what they had in living in Europe or wherever they were living, <clears throat> excuse me, which, which of course is, is, is part of the problem. They're trying to recreate and they'll never create it. They need to let go of the need to create or recreate and allow something else to manifest, allow something else to turn up. So even that is a letting go. It's not a physical letting go because the description or the example you use is a very valid one, but it's a physical letting go. It's, it's an intellectual letting go. What I'm just talking about is the emotional, like trying to mm -hmm. recreate. And it's, it's, it, what it is is a massive expectation. So the, if I had to remove one thing from the world today is the, is, is the overwhelming expectation for perfection and massive success and incredible productivity or whatever other expectations are out there. And people go, you mean reduce my, my reduce the drive? No, they're two completely different things. You can reduce expectation and create compassion, create space, allow fluency to exist. And your, your, your drive doesn't drop accordingly. If you're out of alignment, it'll drop. But when you get aligned with something, for example, I don't, I don't, set goals anymore. I don't set financial goals. I don't set personal goals necessarily. I don't have any dreams or aspirations for the business. The business works organically. 
and I'm so aligned to doing what I'm doing. My productivity is through the absolute roof. You wouldn't believe the shit that we've produced over the last 12 months. We produced a feature film, full-length documentary film. We've basically de- delivered retreats all over the world. I've done some of the biggest stages. I've done multiple multiple podcast interviews. Um, I've tr- I've traveled. I've taken tons of time off, and this is all in the last 12 months. Am I boasting? Maybe no. Is not my. That's not the purpose. I'm so aligned, and I feel my productivity is through the roof. And we have three, we have two people full time in our team, and 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 somebody part time, and that is it. And and if you looked at what we're doing, you'd think we'd have a team of 10 people. Everyone assumes we have at least six or seven people, and. It's because I'm aligned and I'm so alive. I'm here to do that. But the problem is so many people move around this world with expectations that this should be done, that should be done, this should be emulated, this is what the outcome is going to be. And what they're doing is they're being so hard on themselves and they're pushing themselves with expectations that are partly belong to their parents, partly belong to their friends, and partly belong to society. And they're mixing it up with their own hardship and expectations on their own shoulders. What I'm telling entrepreneurs and business owners is you can reduce the expectation, take a bit of space. And align and shift and watch what happens to your business. Watch what happens to your bottom line if you pivot and make it more aligned to who you are as opposed to something you just do externally. So maybe your thoughts on minimalism is just having less stuff so you can be more aligned, really. Like, and I mean, stuff being not just physical, but, you know, emotional, uh, you know, I mean, again, you're running lean. Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, and I I hate to use that term because we know what that term means in the the tech space, but... um, you're you're a philosopher as well. I mean, that's what you know. One of the things that 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 is discussed on your website, which of course we're going to have show notes. And and by the way, there's a lot of videos that people can watch there, which I encourage them to do. Um, Stoicism's come out a lot in the uh, you know over the last couple of years. Tim Ferriss, Ryan Holiday, those you know they're they're basically the main proponents of it. Do you have any thoughts on the idea of stoicism and why, and there was an actual article recently that I read that talked about how stoicism is the greatest mind hack ever. Do you do you I don't even know I don't even know what that is. I was going to say. <laughs> so it's, no it's not it's not it's it's an, you know it's a Greek philosophy. Ryan Holiday wrote about the obstacles the way and all that stuff. So it's interesting that um you know it's I guess that the idea of disconnecting from even seeing that stuff, like, do you spend a lot of time looking at, at stuff online or do you basically, are you focused on your stuff and, and removing all those other abstractions and distractions from, from the equation? I have probably read five or six books in my entire life. Uh, I don't believe that books, you know, I don't believe that, that they don't have value. Um, and, and that's partly because of, of dyslexia and partly because I just don't have the interest. I just get, I just, I just don't have the patience for it. I don't absorb information online. I read almost very few articles. I listen to very few podcasts. Not that there's no value. I just, it's just, I, I sit with, what I do is I spend an obscene amount of time, like an obscene, like almost obsessive amount of time about my, my clients, uh, like, and sitting with them and, and, and considering them, not, not physically with them. Like they may be in the different part of the world and talking about them and thinking, and just wondering what's going on and experimenting and challenging them and, and, and looking at it through the lens of my own life. I'm not saying it's right. And I'm not saying it's better. I'm just saying that's what I do. Um, I don't read copious amounts of information and just going back to the information thing that mm-hmm. I shared, I think that we need to move from the information age and, and I'll tell you where I believe we need to move to it. If, if we could consume less information and let it land. In other words, we only have five books in our bookshelf. And every year we would pick up one of those books or we read one or two of them. And we just implement one thing in each of those books. And we only had five books. I think we'd be so much better off. If we listened to three podcasts as opposed to a thousand podcasts, if we just consumed less information, we might just give it the space to move from information to knowledge. 
knowledge and transcend and move down into wisdom and wisdom to awareness. The problem is we have no chance of awareness arriving when we're moving from one book to the next book to the next book to the next book. And by not reading the book, we're actually concerned that we're missing out as opposed to absorbing it because we absolutely love the story, the challenge, the question, what it does for us internally and how it stirs us emotionally. So uh, Mike, that when I say I don't absorb information, that's not me saying I know it all and I don't need to. Because even the word philosophers, uh, there's, there's a part of me that's not comfortable. It's just mm. a term that a lot of people have referred to me as a philosopher. It sounds like maybe a little bit arrogant, but I, you know, it just, I, I've since I was a kid, I came up with shit that you know that maybe made no sense, but it made sense to me. But I spent 35 years trying to suppress who I am, trying to be anybody but me, anybody but Philip McKernan. I tried to be anybody, and I was exceptional at acting and pretending. And you know what? I'm just done. It is the most exhausting journey ever. And what we did is we try to kind of, you know, impart this wisdom, if you like, or this story in the film to get people to really look at, are you really living who you are? Or is there, are you wearing masks like everybody else in the world? I still have masks on. Somebody said to me recently, how did you become so authentic? And I went, well, you're making an assumption I am. He goes, you're not. And I said, no, I'm more authentic than I've ever been, but I've got miles to go. My clients think I've arrived at some euphoric, uh, you know, amazing space at the top of some, you know, summit and I'm standing there, you know, in this perfect place. My life is multiply better than what it was, but I've got so far to go. And, and, I'm, and, and it's when we think we've arrived, we think we're aware, we think we're in alignment, we think our wives and our, and our partners and our husbands and wives were good. We think we've got a great relationship with our kids. That's when the world, the rug is pulled from under us and we've moved from a place of deep awareness to a place of, 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 um, um, what's the word? Complacency. And it inevitably haunts us. The biggest, if I could leave, maybe finish with one question or one challenge or one ask is work on this that seems to be okay in your life. Don't, you wouldn't wait till your business falls apart before you invest in it. Don't wait till your life falls apart before you invest in it. It's been proven scientifically that we wait five years too late to work in our relationships with our wives and our husbands. And what, what's a hairline crack today which is a frustration over leaving socks on the ground or the dishwasher open, turns into the Grand Canyon in five years. And you're looking across that Grand Canyon. You're looking at your wife. She's looking at her husband and you're going, I recognize your face, but who are you? Who are you? And the reason for that is because they didn't address some of the smaller stuff. They didn't address the questions, the concerns, the vulnerabilities that were lying under the surface. People say the biggest cause of breakup in the world is money. Bullshit. It's not even close to, to the truth. That exposes the, the emotional cracks or the disconnections of what happened. And I would ask anybody listening here today is to work on yourself even when you don't think you need to. That's the time when you're on your way up, when things are going well, that's the time to work on yourself. You don't wait till it falls apart. Wow. <laughs> That's a hell of a way to wrap up, Phil. Thanks so Sorry, much. Sorry, Mike. I didn't mean to. I just, no, Mike, I, no, I no. just came off one of the most Oh, if you could look at me right now, there's tears in my eyes. I just came off one of the most emotional, like just incredible, like 10 days with people. We were, worked with all these street kids and orphans and we had some of the most incredible conversations. And I just, and the reason I do these, this particular type of retreat is to go away and bring people on this journey to show perspective and to show, just to contextualize what's really important here. Does half the shit that we're doing really matter? And who are we? Are we turning up with like four masks or a thousand masks? Are we speaking our truth? 
are we really aligned? Are we really alive? Are we really, do we really feel like the father we want to be? Do we really feel like that we're a wonderful mother and a wonderful wife? Or do we feel that there's a part of us that doesn't show up every goddamn day to this world? And that to me is just sad. It's just sad if it's not true. And it doesn't need to happen. It just doesn't need to happen. This is a great way, a great way to wrap up. You've given me, I mean, I want to message my wife right now and tell her how much I love her. <laughs> That's the, she's not here right now. She's obviously, she's, she's traveling, but, uh, Philip, thanks so much for joining me today. This has been fantastic. Uh, the, the film let's, let's, uh, where can people watch the film and learn more about you so they can continue to give and grow? Yeah, giveandgrow.com is the, is the URL and the website for the film. And this, my own personal website is philipmckernan.com. Thanks so much for joining me today, Philip. This has been fantastic. Thanks, Mike. I really appreciate it. I told you. I told you it was a good one. Uh, in fact, everything that we talked about is in this episode. I'm sure at some point, Philip and I will get a chance to chat together again to do some kind of bonus episode for uh, the Patreon supporters out there. But I threw all the goodness into this episode because there was just so much. And uh, if you want to become a Patreon supporter of the show and get the extra bonus episodes during the week and get the podcast a whole day early if you want and a whole bunch of other perks, head over to patreon.com slash productivities and you can do that. Yeah, this was just, a, I just had a blast. And, and again, all the show notes, I, I encourage you strongly to go look at everything that's in there, including the movie, all that stuff. Great guy. Uh, had no idea that he was based in Canada for the longest time. And, uh, you know, again, um, it's always great when I can bring a guest to the show that brings more to the table than I thought that they would. Uh, not not that I'm saying that our guests don't bring it, but sometimes I underestimate, and this is a, a case of that for sure. Uh, so, Philip, thanks for joining me on the show. Thanks to all of you for listening. Until next time, I am Mike Vardy of Productivityist, reminding you to stop guessing and start going.